Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the perfect... I hope he keeps this. All right, here we go. Let's try that again. Take two. Welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies of acquiring leads and sales for your business through paid traffic. And today, it's all about Google Ads, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Qasem Aslam show. Actually, I'm just, I'm just the helper here today, Qasem. It's, it's going to be like guide. all you. Yeah. I'm the guide. I'm the trusted guide. That's right. Just helping you navigate through the Google ads. Well, really not just Google ads, but really how somebody can go in and audit their campaigns and specifically how you guys do it. I think that's probably a pretty good place to start. You know a fair amount about Google ads. So instead of just building campaigns, which I think if you've never built a campaign before, I think you're going to get some some real value out of today's show. But also, if you're running ads right now, maybe they ain't performing quite as well as you really wanted them to, or maybe you're having some challenges with Performance Max, or maybe you haven't even migrated over to Performance Max as of yet. We're going to address all that today. So how you doing, buddy? You feel up to this or what? Yeah, I'm excited. So here's the value proposition. Let's say you're a CMO, director of marketing, whatever, CEO, business owner. Somebody's running Google ads on your behalf. You don't really know if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So what I'm going to do in this episode is teach you how to go audit their work. So you could pull this up and follow along with me. When we do it, that's, that's my primary lead magnet called action. When a customer comes to Solutions 8, our offer is an action plan. And all I do is I pull up your Google Ads account and then I go to, you know, go through what's d- being done right, what's being done wrong, where the improvement opportunities are. And so I, I must do dozens of these a week. And I'm going to get, it's a template. It's, you know, just like anybody, man, just like a home inspector has the 20 different things that they check. Generally speaking, I'm going to give you those things here. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And, it, you know, as a CMO or a marketing manager, you maybe you're running your internal team or you've got an agency that's doing it. Like we did a whole series of of episodes, like two episodes on 22 questions that you must ask your agency or your internal team. And this was actually one of them. This was like an entire section is going in and knowing what to look for. We can get specifically into Google. We can certainly do one on Facebook as well, which I know we've gotten some feedback, you know, on the perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better survey that this is the kind of stuff that people want. So we're sort of serving two masters here, Kasim. But also, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And, uh, you know, if you're a marketing manager, we don't expect you to know everything there is to know about Google ads. Like, how do you know your internal team or your agency is doing a good job? Well, we're going to give you the highlights here. And I think you're going to be in a much better spot after today's episode. So pretty psyched to, to go through this and definitely part of our theme in the last week or so of episodes. So having said that, 
Do you have a Google-related nugget that you can drop for the uh, PT audience here? I got a nug. A nugget. This should have come up in tool time, and for some reason it didn't. Honestly, just because I didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. There's a, right. a software application. It's owned by a buddy of mine, Rob Warner. Rob used to own uh, Invisible PPC, sold it. And because he'd managed, I don't know how many hundreds of millions of dollars in ad spend, he built the software that he wanted. It's called PPC Ad Lab. And what's cool about PPC Ad Lab is for like no money too. It's super cheap. It's 50 bucks a month. You can tell the software what search terms you want to monitor. So, you know, let's say that you're, I mentioned home inspectors. You're a home inspector in Boston and you want to see who is currently bidding on a home inspector near me. PPC Ad Lab will monitor that search term and take screenshots of the results every hour. So you can see who's bidding on the phrase, how many people are bidding on the phrase, what their ad copy looks like. And at some point, I don't think this is built in yet, but Rob told me that they're actually going to build in the ability to see what people are spending, roughly speaking, because you can extrapolate that based off of the number of advertisers that are shown. So if you want to spy on your competitors or on a competitive market, go check out PPC Ad Lab because the data gives you a heat map and helps you kind of helps you figure out what's working for your competitors. And I mean, I like it just, just the ad copy alone is super cool. Like if you don't know what to put all of a sudden, here's this, this advertising mechanism that says, well, here's what all your competitors are saying. Um, so really cool little piece of software. I'm not an affiliate, but I do like Rob. He is a buddy. So uh, that's my nugget. If you want to go spy on your competitors, I think this is one of the best, one of the best tools I've ever seen. So better than SpyFu, better than SEM Rush. It's funny because he's got, he, he speaks to that on the homepage of his website. If you go to his homepage, he's got a couple of screenshots. Here's SpyFu, SEM mm. Rush, Ice right. And he yeah, shows you, here's why we're better than all these guys. Pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty bold. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty nifty. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, definitely check it out. We'll leave links in the show notes for that. And no affiliate link, so... Maybe you should get an affiliate link here so you can make a couple shekels. Rob, if you're listening, you owe me money or a beer. You owe me money. That's right. Yeah, we're not in this for that. But anyway, we will leave links in the show notes for that as well as everything that we mentioned here in today's show. I have a feeling today's show is going to be kind of jam-packed with goodies. So we will definitely do that. So stick around. We're going to get into my interview with Qasem Aslam from Solutions 8 right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Brandley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. 
And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back and heads up marketing managers and CMOs. Like this is going to be a killer walkthrough. Definitely part of the series that we just had once again. So definitely go back and listen to those two episodes. Uh, Those are episodes 412 and 413, which is in essence, how to do some of the things that we're talking about here, just sort of in a broader sense, but specifically on Google ads, like how do you know that your team or your agency is actually doing a good job? Are they getting as much juice as they possibly can out of your campaigns? And Kasim's going to go through that here today. So where do we start? Take us through this thing. So let's say I'm auditing a campaign. The very first thing that I need to know is that I can trust the data. So if you came to me and said, hey, Kasim, I want you to look at this. before." I start looking at performance. If I have, and I actually have a Google Ads campaign open right now. Ralph and I are screen sharing, so you're going to hear me walking through the screen share. In the top right-hand corner of your Google Ads account, you will see tools and settings. I go to tools and settings, and then under measurement, which is the, the categorical column here, I'm going to select conversions. Here's why I'm doing this. I'd say half of all campaigns I see have either inadequate or no conversion tracking. If a campaign has inadequate, oh dude, it's unbelievable. Ralph, major agencies. I've seen campaigns from major agencies come across with completely broken conversion tracking that's been broken for 60 days and they haven't caught it. It's unbelievable, it blows me away. There's one agency in particular, they're very big, I won't name them because I'm not trying to lob grenades. But anytime I see them come across, I'm like, oh yeah, these guys definitely screwed up their conversion tracking. There's a couple of notes here. So I'm in my, I'm in the conversion column and here's what I'm looking for. Each of the conversion actions has a label. It's either a primary conversion action or a secondary conversion action. According to Google, and this is, I think they're lying by the way, but according to Google, primary conversion actions are used for optimization. Secondary conversion actions are not used for optimization. They're only used for observation. Now, quick aside, I think that Google actually uses secondary conversion actions when they don't have any other data. So I do think that they're used as predictive indications of conversion intent. But that said, let's assume that Google's telling the truth for this particular instance. Here's the problem, is going through the account that I'm looking at now, one of the things that I see all the time are people using add to cart, for instance, is a primary conversion action, or begin checkout, or view page. Initiate checkout, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so all of a sudden, initiate checkout is a primary conversion action, which means every single time somebody hits the initiate checkout button, you said, oh, Google, we sold something. And so people come in thinking like, oh, I have a 1,200% ROAS. And I'm like, no, you don't. You have a 300% ROAS that you're counting 
four times and let me show you how and why this happens. This is especially pervasive with old Shopify stores because Shopify's old integration used to push all their conversions through, but they all be listed as primary. So that's uh, issue number one that I see. Issue number two is you want to make that's sure. That's like basic, that's like table stakes right there. Like, Dude, you make sure you're stocks. targeting the right conversion. Like, it's just so, I don't think we've ever really talked about that. We sort of take that for granted. Don't we? But yeah. Yeah, we do. But this is this is tremendous. It's like, make sure the pixel is firing on the right thing that you actually want. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> we check the conversion every month for all, all the campaigns that we manage. Our team goes through and checks conversion actions for every month at a minimum. And that's for low spend accounts. For high spend accounts, we'll check daily. Because yeah. your conversion tracking breaks all the time. Conversion tracking will break if you change a page, change a header, change a code, theme update, WordPress update, Shopify update. Anything that could break, you know, a pixel is a pixel. It's a, it's a one pixel by one pixel piece of code. Anything that could break a po- code can break conversion tracking. Adding pages, changing your URL string, changing syntax, all that stuff breaks conversion tracking all the time. And if your agency is not watching, and you, it might not be an agency, if your internal team isn't watching and your conversion tracking is broken, all is for naught. Allow me to be dramatic here. We're talking about a machine learning mechanism. You just told this digital hunting dog, hey, go get me that. Well, if it can't see what that is, it's just going to run around chasing its tail and you're going to spend money doing that. So check the conversion tracking. You want to make sure that your primary conversion action is actually something that you want. That's really important. That's number one. Number two, note the conversion source. If you're looking at your conversions page, we haven't moved pages. Just to refresh, you've gone to tools and settings and under measurement, you've selected conversions. And from there, I haven't moved. All I'm doing is I'm looking at the various conversion actions that have been created. And there's multiple columns. There's the name of the conversion action. There's the action optimization, which is primary or secondary. And then there's conversion source. In conversion source, what you want to be cautious with is Google Analytics. You'll see conversion source being Google Analytics many times, especially if an agency built it. You don't want to use Google Analytics as your primary conversion tra- source. Y- it can be a secondary. It actually should be a secondary source. You want to reconcile against analytics. But analytics is entirely last-click attributed, and it, it drops conversions more often than standard conversion tracking via Google Ads through Tag Manager. So your conversion source in an ideal world will say website, and then you know that that conversion source is Google Tag Manager, uh, Google Ads Tracking installed via Tag Manager. Once I'm happy with my conversion source, the next thing I do is the account that I'm looking at right now, I've got the last 30 days selected, and I'll take the all conversion value. So in this particular account, which is just one that I pulled at random, they have $97,573. So I take that all conversion value and I divide it by the all conversions, which is 55. So I took this 97,573 divided by 55, and this gives me a $1,774 average order value. What I just did was made, I made this company sells a type of uh, appliance, a large appliance. I just wanted to make sure that their average order value makes sense. Because if you sell cell phone cases, for instance, and I see an $1,800 AOV, I know something's wrong, (laughs) which happens all the time. Happens all the time. Uh, or you sell crazy. medical equipment and I see a $10 AOV. So go make sure that the AOV, this is just a quick napkin math check to say like, hey, are we actually tracking most conversions properly? 
as they're being tracked. So does the AOV make sense? And this is what's really interesting. It's actually a lot of fun. If you're tracking an analytics as a secondary source to reconcile against, you'll see that analytics, generally speaking, is about 20 to 30% off in either direction, depending on how the tracking is set up. And, and 20 to 30% might be that might be high depending on what it is that we're talking about. But it, I mean, even a 10% variance can be significant with Google Ads. So I just checked on conversions. The other thing that I like to look at are the type of conversions that people are using. This particular account has imported leads, which I like to see. I like seeing imported conversion actions because it tells me, oh, you're taking offline data, putting it back into Google. That's probably healthier, cleaner data. What I don't love seeing are phone call leads. Phone call leads from a third-party source are going to come in as imported. So like if you're using call tracking metrics or call rail or go high level and importing them, that's actually not a phone call lead. That's an imported lead. If you're using Google's phone call mechanism, call from ads, then it says phone call leads. And I hate phone call leads because if somebody calls you, Google says it's a lead. That means all solicitors, competitors, clients, wrong numbers, spammers, all of those. Those are all leads. And now you have a bunch of false positives that you're optimizing for. So is it safe to say if you imported leads and you compare it to phone leads, you might want to see like phone leads being higher than imported leads? You, well, so it's a really good question. The phone leads don't give you the opportunity to distill. So you can't separate the phone leads and say this good, this bad. So what Got I like it. to do is not track phone leads at all track all my phone calls and call tracking metrics. We have a team that we do this for all of our clients. They listen to the phone calls, manually score them, and only import the quality calls. I know that sounds tedious. It's so important. It's why our campaigns outperform everybody else's campaigns from a lead generation perspective, because all the other agencies are saying, oh yeah, phone call that lasts over 45 seconds. That's a lead. No, it's not. And I can prove it. You know, like four to five times, it's not a lead. I'm going to take the one thing that really was a lead and say, hey, Google, go give, bring me more of this. So... It's I like a visitor to your website, somebody who clicks and 90% of them bounce back. It's like right. it, only 10% stay on the page for 10 to 20 seconds at minimum. Chris Mercer talked about this in that one episode that we did with him. We'll leave links in the show notes to that. But it's like gather the accurate data that actually matters, that's actually driving revenue as opposed to just. And I know a lot of agencies do this. That's why there's a lot of crappy agencies out there. But it's like you want your numbers might not look as good, but you're actually doing what you were paid to do, which is help scale and grow the business. Dude, I can't tell you how many clients we've taken on where we've told them your numbers are going to look worse with us. We had a client <laughs> that was using Triple Whale for attribution and Triple Whale is not great, by the way, it's UTM dependent. And so their Triple Whale attribution software said that we were getting an 8x return. And John Moran, my chief strategist, came back and said, no, we're getting a 3 to 4x return. Triple Whale's over-reporting. We're stealing, we're stealing conversions from Facebook. And we proved it. So there's a lot of, I think the responsibility is on the agency or the internal resource to tell the truth, not just fluff the numbers. And it, it happens here. I can't overstate the importance of conversion tracking. It's so important that when a client comes, like I don't audit every prospect, right? It goes through a sales process and people decide which ones we're going to take. And I've got a team that helps kind of protect my time. If it makes it to me, chances are they're a viable business that has an honest shot at Google. I will open this up. And if I see your conversion tracking isn't set up right, I don't audit the campaign because there's nothing for me to audit because right. it doesn't matter. This is the what, basis of everything. Right. Yeah. So if I see, it, you know, if I see a low ROAS or a high ROAS, what does it matter? Because your conversion tracking is, is wrong. The last thing that I'll do is I'll start to zoom out on dates. So right now I'm looking at the last 30 days. I might look at the last 90. I might look at, you know, the year to date. And I'm doing that because I want to see what changes in conversion tracking have taken place. Like if I go calculate my AOV again, 
is this going to change? You know, like what maybe all conversions dropped or or don't keep up with conversion value or a conversion action is new and I didn't realize that it was just recently imported because that'll that'll also change the way that I'm auditing a campaign. If you change conversion actions entirely and you did that 60 days ago, well I'm going to look at the last 60 days as opposed to the last 90, 120, etc. So when you're auditing in a campaign, make sure you know what conversion actions you're looking at and I'll show you how to do that next. Any questions before I keep going, Ralph? No, this is this is really good. I I will say that this is I can't overstate the importance of this. It's like you, and we do the, I mean, we do a similar process for all different campaigns. Obviously this is the first step that we do because we realize that we've seen so many campaigns and especially the Facebook side where the pixel doesn't fire or there's issues with it. It doesn't matter if it's Google, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, Pinterest, LinkedIn. Like this is the first thing that you need to check because it breaks all the time. And some campaigns and some platforms are better at identifying it if there is a pixel issue, but at the very least know where to go. And this is the first thing that you got to do. And then just do some rough math here exactly what you're saying, because none of the other things that we talk about on today's show or the things that you would do for, you know, for an audit and game plan for your would-be customers matters unless you have this right to to begin with. And and I said this already, but I'm I can't tell you how many agencies screw this up and how many educators people tell you, you know, go track and analytics that's flawed. So anyway, now that I know my conversion tracking is intact and I know what the lay of the land looks like, I'm going to go back. So there's a, a, an arrow in the top left-hand corner that allows you to go back. I'm going to leave all campaign, all campaigns selected. So Google has two vertical menus. There's a dark gray menu and a light gray menu and the dark gray menu. I'm going to select all campaigns. And then in the light gray menu, I'm going to select campaigns again. So now what I'm looking at is every single campaign that's in the account. And again, I'm going broad view. We're not going to do a deep dive because we don't have time for that. I'm going to make sure that my date range is set properly. And what I like to do is I like to start broad and then narrow in because I want to see what's happened globally and then what's happened recently. You can reverse that too. John Moran, my business partner, smarter than I am, he starts narrow and then goes broad. But that's because he likes getting real granular real quick. This for me is a real quick overview. So I'm going to start broad. So I've got year to date. I've got January 1 of this year all the way through today. And then there's usually a graph is shown. If it's not, there's a little arrow that allows you to spike the graph. But I always want to make sure that the graph is showing me clicks and conversions. And the first little drop down that you can select shows clicks. And then the next one, I'm going to show conversions. And I'm just going to show the general all conversions. And what this does is you want to see what the correlation is between clicks and conversions. It'll also give you a time lag. So looking at the graph, my blue line are clicks, my red line is conversions, and then I've got this little blue bar underneath that's going to show me generally, you know, sort of roughly speaking, what the, the delay is between conversions. Um, this is helpful because you'll notice that, especially with this campaign, this is actually really powerful, this visual here, there's a click mm. spike May 22nd, but the conversion spike is May 31st. Now, hmm, an inadequate advertiser, seasonality. right? Well, it, it, what, what we're saying here is, hey, it takes about 10 days. It takes about yeah. 10 days for the clicks to result in conversions because everybody assumes, oh, you clicked on my website today. Why didn't you buy? So now mm. I know, and, and, and you know, business owners are the worst at this. They're like, oh my goodness, we spent so much this weekend. Turn it off. And I'm like, wait, wait yeah. 10 days. And you're going to see the spend from that weekend, 10 days from now is going to result in conversions. And I can show you this over and over and over again. You can see it here again, Ralph. Do you see this little blue spike? June. Oh, 3rd? I do. 
and the spike yep. mirrors the red spike on June 14th. There we are, 10 days later. So, I, you know, correlation isn't causation. I see another one here, but I, this, this one is really consistent. You can sort of tell the delay in conversion attribution. The other thing that I'm looking for are, are crazy dissimilarities. If you get a bunch of clicks and no conversions, well, now I know, wait a minute, something's not performing. Maybe the targeting is wrong. The ad copy is bad. If you get a bunch of conversions and you're, you're operating off of very little clicks, now, you know, I might dig into where you're spending, what the campaign was doing, et cetera. But this kind of gives me a sense as to where I want to go. For my campaigns, I'm going to scroll down a little bit. And at the top of the grid, you're going to see campaign status. Usually, sometimes you'll see this at the very top of the page. I'm only going to look at enabled campaigns. I'm not going to look at past campaigns for my broad overview. And now that I'm looking at enabled campaigns, I want to look at the performance of those campaigns. So the first thing that I'll do is under segment, you can go to conversions and segment by conversion action. I do this when there are a ton of conversion actions because I want to see which conversion action is being used for each individual campaign and the value being attributed to those conversion actions. I realize I'm going a little fast. If you're listening to this, make sure you're following along. It'll make more sense if you're following along. In the campaign view, there's a collection of menus that appear right under the graph. There's search, segment, columns, reports, downloads, expand. Go to segment, conversions, and then select conversion action. And what this will do is it'll open up kind of a bullet pointed list under every individual campaign showing you all of the enabled conversion actions and the value attributed to those actions. So I'm looking at one, here's a performance max campaign that has $46,000 in conversion value. But if I look down at that conversion value, 8,000 is from online call tracking and 38,000 is from a purchase event. So this is the purchase event is actually tracked via e-commerce. And then I'm assuming the 8,000 is imported from the CRM. And now I get to know, you know, if I had a bunch of conversion value coming from, you know, call only ads, for instance, now I start to question the validity of that number. So that segment can be really helpful. So those of you listening at home, we are inside the Google ads MCC, right? You've got access to this individual account. You're doing the audit. This is all campaigns way over on the left-hand side. You click on that, and then you're inside campaigns. And what you've done is on the graph on the top, you've selected for clicks and conversions, the graph part that we just discussed. And now you're basically breaking things down inside the segment individually and comparing conversions. So I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this on the audio, but just want to make sure they know exactly where we're at here. So that key, key understanding is making sure that you're, you're tracking first off and now we're going into campaigns. Yep. So and now, now that continue, I've, Sir Kassam. I, I generally don't leave the segmentation enabled if it's not relevant to my analysis. If I see two conversion actions, one that I trust and one that I don't, I'll leave it enabled because now I'm going to show the client, Hey, you're over-reporting for instance. If it's not relevant, then I'll select segment again and I'll remove those segments because it, it really messes up the view. And now what I want to do is I want to look at overall performance of these campaigns. So in order to do that, we're going to go back to that middle toolbar right under the graph and you're going to select columns. And under columns, you're going to select conversions. And you basically want the entirety of this top row. So I've got conversions, cost per conversion, conversion rate, conversion value. Conversion value over cost, this is the most important one. This is ROAS. Your conversion value, over, now I'm not a big fan of ROAS, by the way. I, I prefer CAC, but 
at a glance, ROAS is an indication of CAC. Do conversion value over click. Customer acquisition cost, for those of you who are not familiar with CAC, go ahead. Thank you, Ralph. And then what I might also do is conversions by conversion time if there's a long time lag, because this will show us a close representation of how much money we're actually making in real time. So now that I've got these one, two, three, four, five, six enabled, and I'll say them again, conversions, cost of conversion, conversion rate, conversion value, conversion value over cost, and conversions by conversion time. I select apply, and I can jump in here and I can see right out of the gate, I've got a performance max campaign running at a, a 5.32 conversion value over cost, which means a 532% ROAS. That's awesome. I'm going to mm. go into this campaign and see what the hell is going on. Because generally speaking, I don't, I don't trust those numbers. There's another one here that's almost <laughs> at 400%. I noticed you did not select the smart shopping one, but well, you wanted to go into the performance max because that's top of funnel, right? Right. And to the point that you just yep. made, I know smart shopping's been deprecated and, and going to ultimately be replaced, but that's got a 9.89 conversion value over conversion cost. So they've got, in aggregate, they've got a 6.43, which is, that's, you know, what a well-performing campaign this is. At this point, I'd be coming to this client saying, hey, I don't know if I can justify my existence here. You know, like how much better could I possibly do? Can I be worth my fee? And that's dependent upon what I see inside of some of these campaigns. So I jump into the very first campaign that I saw. And for every single campaign, I'm going to go look at campaign settings. Now, the campaign settings are going to be campaign specific. For Performance Max, you're going to look at things different than search, than you know display. But what I want to see are budget and bidding. What are you spending? And what are you bidding? So this, this campaign is spending $200 a day. Now, here's a problem. They have a T-ROAS set at 800%. I bet you the five, three that they're getting could be higher. They're asking Google for, you know, 40% more than what they're getting, which means they're limiting learning. If you took this T-ROAS off, this campaign would scale way better. So target you know, ROAS is T-ROAS. Yep. Got it. And, so they have it set at 800 and that's limiting the scale of the campaigns. You're asking Google you're for a lot here, man. You're saying, hey, go get me people that are spending, spending a lot. And by the way, I want to get an 800% ROAS. Now, this particular client I know is actually reaching for a 10x. So I know why they did this. They're, they're shooting themselves in the foot. When you ask Google to be efficient right out of the gate in an early stage campaign, now Google's scared. It's scared to learn. So you want to be careful with that. So we are going through the Google MCC ad account here with Cossum and going through campaign as well as conversion tracking, a lot of really cool stuff. Definitely go back and listen to this if you're doing this for your customers or you just want to check on your agency, your internal team. After this quick commercial break, we're going to go into the biggest mistakes that Google advertisers make. We're going to diagnose it and tell you exactly what to do right after this break. Hey guys, it's Cosm here, and I'm so sorry to be the doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a bit of a wake-up call for you. We've been talking a lot about how the iOS thing has advertisers flying blind, sprinkling in the rising cost of ads and supply chain issues. I think we have a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. And the bad news is, a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. The good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out even stronger. That's why it's important to focus on the things that you can control. Tighten up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, and do more testing. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or 
You can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. All right. Welcome back. We are here with Qasem Aslam. He's the co-host here of Restaurant Traffic. But for the first time, we're doing like a walkthrough of a customer account of his. And like, what are the big mistakes? We've sort of talked about some of the things that you need to have done and some of the mistakes that maybe agencies and internal teams do. But what do you see inside the account here where people really go wrong and how we can help them out? Quickly. One of the things I see a lot of, and it's something that people should probably be forgiven for and then coached out of, is over-segmentation. And this is true. If you've got a really good ads manager who's older, <laughs> like me, and has been doing this for longer than you know two, three, four, five years, which in Google years, that's 50 years in Google years, they're used to massive segmentation. This is the age of skags, these people. They've, they've lived through single key phrase ad groups and breaking things down all the way to, to their nuts and bolts. The problem is, is that doesn't work with machine learning. As a matter of fact, it inhibits machine learning. So right now, the campaign that I'm in that I'm auditing, which is a real audit, by the way. This is not a client of mine. This is somebody that asked me to do an audit on their, their account. I see that oh, they I have... Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, that I should have said that. makes it even cooler. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, I thought you guys were actively managing this. So no, right, the mistakes that I'm showing you, these are somebody else's mistakes. Maybe I'll send them this episode. Maybe I won't. One of the mistakes that I see is they have two Performance Max campaigns running, and you'll notice that they've separated them by product. I won't name the product because I don't want to give the client away. And then they've got one, two, three, four, five smart shopping campaigns all doing the same thing, separated by product. Here's the problem. Performance Max and smart shopping both are very incestuous, they cross-pollinate. And way more often than advertisers realize the product that somebody clicks on isn't the product that they buy. And the campaign and asset group that get the click, that's the campaign and or asset group that gets the remarketing. Well, if I click on product A and buy product B, but you've separated products A and B into two separate campaigns, now that cross-pollination isn't gonna take place and you're killing what Google calls the path to purchase. So you, now, it's okay to spin off separate campaigns once you've learned what your path to purchase is and you're very, very clear on that. Chances are, forgive me for sounding arrogant, unless you're working with a very high-end team, you haven't done that. And if you come in here and see a lot of segmentation, you're killing the cross-pollination potential. You're sabotaging yourself. That's exactly right. Yeah, you want all your products in one campaign so Google can go learn who buys what. And that's why Performance Max is built. But Performance Max aside, you're going to want that inside of you know your your old smart shopping campaigns. Where I do believe in segmentation is in search. If you have search campaigns, make sure those are segmented categorically. Obviously, you know. And, and one thing that I'll look at. Let's see if they've got a search campaign running. Um, if they've got a search campaign running, one of the things I do is I hop into the search campaign, and under keywords, I look at their search terms. And make sure that their search terms match their keywords, number one. And number two, that they're not getting any brand. Because you'd be shocked at how often search campaigns end up with brand conversions that advertisers don't necessarily realize are branded conversions. Which means, here's Google selling your traffic back to you. Which is okay, you should run a brand campaign, but you should know that your brand campaign is running. And looking at this particular client, it doesn't look like they have a brand campaign at all. Which is catastrophic error. If you're running this much smart shopping and this much Pmax, you're getting hundreds of thousands, if not millions of impressions, given this client spend, 
if you're not running a brand campaign, you're A, missing out on some of those conversions and B, inhibiting Google's ability to track the, the full life cycle of the purchase. So that's another and brand way. is simply names of their products, names of the company, separating it out in a separate campaign is what that's you're exactly saying. right. Exact match. You want to do exact match because exact match is the only thing, according to Google, that can get prioritized over performance max. And even then, I've got proof. We've got 170 some odd campaigns running where performance max steals from exact match search. But exact match search is the only the only safe campaign from Pmax. Got it. Really makes sense. So simplicity here and letting go of this 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 tendency and sort of old school mindset of which me and you are part of that for sure segment everything out they have right. to control every aspect of the campaign this is the huge shift in ai and the intelligence of these platforms google facebook snapchat tiktok we had savannah sanchez on here talking about the same thing inside tiktok it's universal now. You have to release some of that control. So if you are an old school skag Google advertiser, this might be something that's a challenge for you to do is allow the algorithm to actually do the work because otherwise you could be sabotaging yourself by segmenting out too much, having competing performance max campaigns in this particular case, which could lead to less growth and potentially missing out on a fair amount of ROAS and, and new customer acquisition. That's exactly right. And Ralph, I actually just made a mistake myself that I'm going to egg on my face. I was only, if you go to the bottom right-hand corner of the campaign view, it only shows the first 10 campaigns. What I needed to do was come down <laughs> So we weren't and, even seeing them. We weren't even seeing everything. And now that I've opened it up, look yeah. at how many freaking Pmax campaigns they have running. This All is right. insane. This is insane. Yeah. They do have so, a brand search campaign. For those of you listening at home, make sure that when you do go to the campaigns tab, we're inside all campaigns, click over to campaigns, and then you go way down to the bottom, show how many rows. I think all we had rows. 10 rows selected. Yeah. So we get only set all rows. So you see all the campaigns. Now we're getting a better picture here because they really are self-sabotaging themselves here. Yep. Make sure you're only looking at your enabled campaigns because if you have a really active account, this could get real messy. And then I, of course, I the other thing I should have said is when I'm auditing, I, sh I sort by cost because I'm going to look at the campaigns that you're spending the most money on when I begin my audit. 100%. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Honestly, more or less it. You know, I, I check conversion tracking. I look at your your campaign's global view. I dig into each of the campaigns individually based off of settings. And I'll, I'll probably only prioritize like, you know, if I scroll down here a little bit, they started spending 50 grand in this campaign and then it went 16, 13, 11, 10, 10. And by the time you get maybe sub five, I'll start ignoring those unless there's a reason for me to look at them. Right. So you're going a broader view here, like last 90 days to start. You're going from the first of the year, really. And then probably the next step, like this is giving you a very broad outline of exactly what they've done in the last, you know, six to seven months. And then at some point, you would probably go to maybe 30 days, maybe 14, seven days, sort of see what the trends are recently. Like, why did they contact you guys? Kind of thing. Like, something has happened here. We see this all the time. You know, oh, everything was great like a year or so ago. And there's a pain point. There's a reason why they contacted you to get an audit. So is that safe to say? Go broad in your particular case, which is really that I like it. John Moran seems like it, he does it differently. And then go narrow and say, all right, let's zero in on maybe the things that are really screwing them up right now. That's exactly right. Broad to give you a global view, narrow to tell you what's happened from a recency perspective. And I don't like anything sub 14 days for Google ads 
I mean, look at this client. It takes them 10 days to close a deal from click to conversion. Yeah. So the last 14 days, it's not going to tell me anything. For sure. You know, yeah. so you Which gotta, really got, like you already have diagnosed that lag anyway, just by looking at the graph on the top between clicks versus conversions. Very that's cool. That's exactly right. So, you know, so I, I told this story once before, but I had a friend come to me after a talk I gave and he's like, all right, man, I heard what you said. I love it. I'm ready to sign up, but I need Google ads to work, you know, 60, 90 days max. He's in a, he's in a B2B world where it's an 18 month sales cycle. And I was like, dude, how, how in, in 60 days am I going to prove to you that I can generate people that take 18 months to buy? There's no way. And, and that's a, that's a very extreme example, but you have to have that in mind when you're auditing your Google campaign. If you're looking at the last 30 days and like this client, there's a 10 day lag in, in click to conversion, then you need to cut the most recent 10 days off because that entire date range has yet to yield its fruit. So that's a, a important, important distinction. But other than that, man, that's it. Those are, those are the campaign audits. We do this at Solutions 8 and we do it for free. If you qualify, you can go to solate.com and uh, apply for a free action plan. I hope you don't mind the plug. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is great. We're gonna have to do this again. I think I, I love the real time sort of going through the ads manager types of shows here. We haven't done this some sometimes. So definite direct feedback from you, the listener out there. And I think just the three or four points that you pointed out here is going to help out those marketing managers and CMOs to make sure that they know, you know, where they might be leaving some money on the table, or maybe, you know, they might be getting snowed by their internal teams or agencies i hate to say it but it happens a lot we see it a ton and we share a customer where we went <laughs> we went into their facebook ad account and it was like it's 8x roas and the it, we're like that's total crap yeah you know <laughs> no, <it's not>. <laughs> we're like no way not a chance can't be you know seven day look back 8x and that's what their agency was reporting we went in like sorry for the bad news guys but like you're at below one right yeah. now and we've since been able to recover that way up to the two to three range but anyway the point is is y you gotta check this stuff so i i encourage you to go back and listen to the two episodes where we talked about this and this is a very good example of self-checking the the work that's being done by your internal teams or your agency and this took us what like 20 30 minutes to go through and super simple and you can all of a sudden ask really pointed questions to your team, which is like your job, right? Right? You know? Yeah. So anyway, this has been awesome, man. So make sure you check out Kasim over at Solutions 8. He's everywhere on the web. For Christ's sake, you're like digital herpes. Everywhere I go, I, I see you. Like, not only do I have to see you many times during the week, but yeah, then I see you all around the web. Check that out, of course. And we will leave links and helpful stuff in the show notes. Subscribe and leave a rating wherever you're listening. That always helps us. Our goal is to be the number one marketing podcast on the planet. We're getting there slowly but surely. Really appreciate all the feedback that you've given us through the years and listening to the show. Follow myself, Cosimo, over on Twitter if you're so inclined. And like I said, everything is going to be back at perpetualtraffic.com for all the resources and show notes and the stuff that we went through on today's show. So on behalf of my awesome co-host, Cosimo Muslim. Peace. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 